Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Steelers have the reigning defensive player of the year in T.J. Watt, starting at outside linebacker. But beyond him, what do the Steelers have at the position? I'm Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. We're moving through different positions on the roster, going through their depth chart, looking at the strengths and weaknesses of different players as I see them on film and in statistics. Today we're diving into the Steelers' edge rushing position. Now this has been a huge position for the Steelers historically. This has been a big deal ever since Bill Cowher took over. Greg Lloyd, Kevin Green, Chad Brown, Jason Gildon, Joey Porter... James Harrison, Lamar Woodley, T.J. Watt. Lots of great outside linebacker to play. To the point that a very solid guy like Jason Worlds, you want to look at the stats of Jason Worlds, and you compare him to other edge rushers, he was a pretty solid starter. He was a pretty good guy. But in Pittsburgh, where we're used to superstar edge rushers, he, he was considered a bit of a failure, despite being pretty dang good. Today we have T.J. Watt, possibly the best edge rusher the Steelers have ever had. Quite probably. Him and, him and James Harrison, and I, I mean, he's 
beating most of James Harrison's key statistics. That's really like prime James Harrison or TJ Watt. Who's your, you know, who's the better player? That's It's not the easiest decision there. TJ Watt's a very different player than James Harrison, though. TJ Watt is straight up a playmaker. He's not your... He's not your dirty work guy. Now, he can do it. He has done it. You, you, we've seen him work off double teams and fight through guys, and we've seen him do that stuff, but it's not... He, he's not the guy holding a double team so other people can get to the quarterback, stuff like that. That's not his best usage. He can do it. Yes, the Steelers sometimes ask him to do it, but that works more as a surprise move. You know, where T.J. Watt heads into you, but he's not trying to split the defense. He's trying to hold the two of you together, and you're not expecting that. So it works. And someone else comes completely unblocked because they're expecting this play to be designed for T.J. Watt because we designed so much of the defense to accommodate T.J. Watt and his specific skill set. Because when you have someone that good at a thing, you design the offense around that person being able to do that thing. Like when the Steelers had... Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, Todd Haley designed the entire offense around those two players. Why? Because they're that good at what they do. If you design the offense around getting Antonio Brown, you know, the right kind of matchups, and you design the entire offense around buying Le'Veon Bell time to create, you're going to have success. The Steelers, under Keith Butler, the last couple of seasons, designed their entire offense defense, and especially their pass rush, around getting T.J. Watt opportunities. Because he was so good at making plays when he had those opportunities. He was so good at it. And that's why you do it that way. That's why you run that. You're not sitting there designing an offense for Alex Highsmith to be your premier pass rusher when you have T.J. Watt on the other side. You you just... that's That's not an effective usage. So while... You'll see T.J. Watt knocked for things like the amount of double teams he faces or the amount of broken plays he exploits, the amount of times he's set up for success and then has success is basically what you're looking at. Well, yeah, because any defense with a T.J. Watt would be dumb to not do things to set up T.J. Watt. You can make that as a knock on his overall total statistics, But the reason the defense is set up like that is because he's that good. It'd be like knocking Antonio Brown for all the receptions and yards he gained during that his incredible run by saying, well, yeah, but the entire offense is designed to get him the ball. Well, yeah, it is. Of course it is. The entire offense in the Rams was designed around Cooper Cup getting the ball a ton, and he got the ball a ton. It doesn't cheapen what he did. He's that good. On defense, we normally look at it differently. Defenders are players who don't benefit from play design. They're players who disrupt the offensive play design. But on the Steelers, they're smart enough. Their defensive coordinators have been good enough to set T.J. Watt up for success. And he's had unparalleled success in that time span. It's not a knock on T.J. Watt. This offense, though, as it goes forward, you're going to see that. You're going to continue to see that because they'd, they'd be dumb. If, if Terrell Austin and Brian Flores and Mike Tomlin go away from setting up T.J. Watt to have success, 
then they're dumb and they're bad at their jobs. So everything we talk about on this defense rotates around, you know, setting TJ Watt up for success. Now, that makes TJ Watt sound like a system player, you know, like a guy who needs to do a specific thing. Like maybe he's just a pass rusher, but he's not. He's not. They set it up uh, for a couple of years here where TJ Watt could just rush the pass. Just rush the passer. Don't worry about run defense. Why? Because NFL teams pass more than they throw than they run. They do. And when TJ Watt just takes off and is like, I'm going straight for your quarterback, and you have to stop me getting to your quarterback, I'm not reading the play, I'm not looking at what's going on, I'm not worrying about the possibility of a run, I'm just going for your quarterback. That makes the offense's job much harder. Much, much harder. Now, there are ways to exploit that, and and a couple teams were able to do it. But most of the time, that wasn't the case. Last year, TJ Watt was in a very different situation. Uh, the Steelers could not defend the run. And there were key moments where you could see, especially the best the best way to look at it is the Seattle game. When you look at that third quarter where the Seattle Seahawks for a couple of drives are just running all over the Steelers. And then they shift TJ Watt from go get the quarterback to go get the running back. And you see this man take double teams and drive them into the backfield and disrupt plays while other players mop up the play. Like, we're used to seeing, and you're used to thinking about run defense being that big guy in the middle, the defensive tackle, takes on two blockers, and the outside linebacker or the inside linebacker runs to the ball and and tackles the player. Well, we saw that reverse. T.J. Watt taking two blockers while the defensive lineman went outside and tackled the guy. Because the defensive line wasn't able to handle double teams. So they had T.J. Watt do it. He's that good. He can do it. Is that his best usage? No. No, it's not. His best usage is going and getting the quarterback because passing game is the key to the NFL and TJ Watt disrupts your passing game as much as or more than any other player in the NFL. He's up there with Aaron Donald and his ability to just wreck your play design on offense. That's TJ Watt. He's phenomenal. He's going to keep being phenomenal. But I want to spend some time talking about the guy across from him, Alex Highsmith. Alex Highsmith is an interesting player. In two seasons since he's joined the Steelers, with 21 starts under his belt, he has eight sacks. Not a lot of sacks. He hasn't had a lot of great pass rush on film. Like, he's not... A lot of his sacks are... Second effort sacks are coverage sacks. Our guys are scrambling away from Cameron Hayward and TJ Watt, and he gets them. There are some really good pass rushes he throws down, and he's got some good moves, but he doesn't get home a lot. He doesn't get to the quarterback a whole lot. I wanted to dig more into that, right? Compare him to Bud Dupree. In his first two seasons, Alex Highsmith played more than Bud Dupree did in his first two seasons. But Bud Dupree got eight and a half sacks in about, you know, 70% of the snaps that Alex Highsmith got exactly eight sacks. Which tells you Bud Dupree was getting to the quarterback more at that time period than Alex Highsmith was in the same, you know, first two seasons 
at a much higher rate he's getting to the quarterback than Alex Highsmith. I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, okay, so Alex Highsmith, what, what does he bring? Well, when you get to run defense, you see Alex Highsmith has a whole bunch of tackles, much more tackles than Bud Dupree had in his seasons. A lot more tackles. You go into PFF and you look at their their run defense statistics. I'm not a big fan of their grades, uh, but they do do a really good job of, of diagramming plays and separating out, you know, like tackles on run play versus tackles against the pass, stuff like that. Alex Highsmith was second among edge rushers in runs tackle in run tackles, solo run defense tackles. Alex Highsmith was second in the NFL among edge rushers. Not bad. When you look at his depth of tackle, it's 2.1 yards. He's making a lot of tackles right around the line of scrimmage on run defense. A lot of them. And he's not running downfield to get guys. Right? He's not that he's not he's not just chasing down the play late and getting and, and padding his tackle stats. He's making tackles at the line of scrimmage. He also had 15 tackles for a loss last season. It's not bad. Alex Highsmith has become a very good run defender. A smart, physical, good run defender. Last year, it helped that he was lined up next to Cameron Hayward, and it was the other side of the ball that was struggling. But when the Steelers shifted all of their focus to helping, you know, the the right side of the offense, the left side of the Steelers' defensive line, and run defense... Alex Highsmith was still getting the job done. Alex Highsmith and Cameron Hayward were basically on their own a lot on their side of the field, and they were still stopping the run. Now, Cameron Hayward has a lot to do with that, but so does Alex Highsmith. I wanted to look deeper into their stats, and I was thinking about this because the last time we had a player with lower sack totals but really good run defense as an edge rusher, it was James Harrison. Old James Harrison. He wasn't as quick. He wasn't getting to the quarterback as much. But he was a dominant run defender. And I looked at his statistics. And honestly, if you go back to 2015 James Harrison. He played less snaps than Alex Highsmith does. But if you modify his stats. his If you take his like tackles. His tackles per loss. His sacks. All of that. On a per snap basis. It's very, very close to what the Steelers got from Alex Highsmith in 2021. Well, that's, you know, I'm again, I want to be careful here. Alex Highsmith at the age of 24 versus James Harrison at the age of 34, 35. Keep in mind that's the comparison here. I'm not saying, you know, Alex Highsmith is James Harrison. I'm not saying... I'm not underrating James Harrison, right? This is not James Harrison in his prime. This is 2015 James Harrison. Alex Highsmith at 24 years old gave the Steelers a season very similar to what James Harrison gave them in 2015. If you look across from him, in 2015, James Harrison had a super athletic outside linebacker in Bud Dupree. Across from Alex Highsmith, the Steelers have a super athletic outside linebacker in T.J. Watt. Now, again, caliber of play very different here. 
right? I'm not, I'm not comparing their ceilings. I'm not comparing how good they are. But this matchup where on the right side of the defense, the offense is left. You have this stout, run-defending outside linebacker that gives some pass rush, but not a lot. Not great pass rush at this point in their careers. And on the other side of the ball, you have an athlete, right? Clearly, clearly TJ Watt is, is, is an upgrade from Bud Dupree and pretty much anybody. If you want an athletic playmaking outside linebacker, TJ Watt's your guy. Like that's He's one of the all-time greats. And that specific category of a hyper-athletic outside linebacker making plays. Uh, he's not Lawrence Taylor yet, but you know he, he's, he's not that far behind. He might be one tier down from that. He might eventually get to that level if he keeps up this level of production. He, you know He's going to be in that group of all-time great playmaking outside linebackers that are just ridiculous athletes, right? Those quick twitch athletes. I find it interesting, though, that the Steelers went from Bud Dupree and James Harrison for 2015 and 2016 to drafting T.J. Watt, swapping T.J. Watt to the opposite side to make him their athletic playmaker and Bud Dupree their run stuffer in 2018. And that worked out fabulously for them. To now, they replaced Bud Dupree with a less athletic run stuffer. It's almost like the Steelers have a mold and they're just finding ways to make it work, right? They're, they're, they're making it work. It's interesting to me that they. it almost seems like they drafted TJ Watt to be that kind of run-stuffing, utility, outside linebacker only to find themselves with the defensive player of the year and one of the great pass rushers in the NFL. That's where I'm going to end this first half here. Uh, Just taking a look at TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. When we go to the second half of the show, we're going to jump through a whole bunch of names and see where the depth is at the edge position for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stay tuned. I'll be back in a moment. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're staying tuned to all of our podcasts here on Behind the Steel Curtain and checking out the website for all your Steelers news, opinions, analysis, everything you want. We got it. It truly is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. 
One of my podcasts I really enjoy is the Sunday night question and answer, the Sunday night Q&A live YouTube show. You can go on there, participate, ask questions. We normally try, they try to get a mix of different number of members of our podcast team on there to give different lineups and different looks and get, give you a chance to ask questions of different people. I haven't been on in a while. I, my schedule's been kind of crazy, especially on weekends. I'm looking forward to getting back on a Q&A here. I don't know when that'll happen, but I can't wait. But that's one of my favorite new shows. And if you wanna, if you have questions you want to ask, if you have you know discussions you want to have, definitely check out the Sunday night Q and A, where we do a lot more audience participation. That's on our YouTube channel, BTSC Radio on YouTube. Subscribe to that. Check us out. It's a great time. First half of this show, we covered TJY and Alex Highsmith. Now we're gonna look at our reserves, the Steelers' depth which is a big question mark heading into the 2022 season. First off, the guy who was became one of the major rotational backups last year, Derek Tuska. He really came into his own with the Steelers in 2021. Put up a couple of sacks, played solidly, great motor, lots, I mean, tons of hustle. The guy just is everywhere. Always working, always fighting. He's a fighter. He's a hustler. The kind of backup linebacker you get. He played a lot of special teams. He's exactly that rotational linebacker the Steelers needed and got last season. He's not a top-tier guy. He's not a third edge rusher. If you're looking for a three-player rotation at the edge, like the Steelers tried to do last year with T.J. White, Alex Highsmith, and Melvin Ingram, that's not what you get with Derek Tuska. Derek Tuska is a backup. He is definitely just a backup. But he's a solid one. Like, really, there's no real weaknesses in his game, no real great strengths. Very solid special teamer. Gave the Steelers good play in rotational snaps. Tuska was a really good balance with Taco Charlton. Tarleton was a better defensive end. Tuska, a better outside linebacker. But Taco Charlton's gone. Replacing him on the roster, the, the, the bigger name in the Steelers' pickups here, Jannard Avery. Jannard Avery has played for the Jets. He's played for the Browns. I'm sorry, I said Jets. I meant Eagles. He played for the Browns. He was drafted by the Browns. He then went to Philadelphia. He played for the Eagles. He is an interesting case because while he is an outside linebacker, he's played kind of a defensive end role. He's been an edge rusher a decent bit. That's not his best position at all. His best position is strong side linebacker in a 4-3 setup. He can blitz from there. He got some sacks. In fact, his rookie season in Cleveland he was a bright spot on their defense. He had four and a half sacks. He had QB hits. He was getting there. He had four passes defended, 30 solo tackles as an outside linebacker. Was good in run defense. Was just an overall good player. Had a really impressive rookie season. If you remember the Steelers' 2018 season opening tie against Cleveland, that tie was set up. Ben Roethlisberger got strip sacked at the end of the game. At the end of towards the end of overtime, uh, and that was Jannard Avery. 
the ACOs were able to tackle him. They they blocked the the field goal. I can't remember if that was the end of overtime or the end of the regulation. I can't remember where exactly that took place. But that was Jannard Avery. He, I mean, like talk about starting your first game as a Cleveland Brown off off right. You you get a strip sack on Ben Roethlisberger to put your team in field goal position and with a chance to win the game. Right for for a Browns player. I mean, come on, especially in 2018. Like 2017 was pretty pretty rough. Pretty rough. 2018. Yeah, you you pull that off. He was a good player that season. The next season, they changed some defensive players around. That's when Greg Williams left. Uh, he didn't really fit what they were trying to do. He ends up not playing. The team is terrible. The defense is much worse than it was the year before. Fans are like, why aren't we playing this guy? He was a really solid piece to a much better defense last season. And this season, he can't get off the bench. In response to you know the media asking questions about this guy, they traded him. To Philadelphia, where he, he he played more on the edge. In 2020 and 2021, he stuck with them, but they kept playing him more as an edge rusher. When they played and got to play him as a linebacker, he was much better. Uh, especially in 2021, he kind of got back to being an outside linebacker and was much better at it. But then they brought in you know free agents to upgrade that position. He was let go. This is a player who has been a starter as a 4-3 strong side linebacker and has played starter caliber at that position, has been a starting caliber linebacker at that position. As an edge rusher, he's shown he doesn't have a good pass rush. He doesn't really have a plan, doesn't really have good moves. He's just not a pass rusher. Interesting thought to me is, you know, this guy is clearly listed kind of as as an outside linebacker people have thought of him as an outside linebacker that's what he's played mostly even on 4-3 he's listed as an outside linebacker but he's not the edge that's the defensive end in that defense in Pittsburgh though he fits more in my opinion as a Vince Williams style buck linebacker if you remember uh, James Ferrier was a was a Sam linebacker in a 4-3 defense they brought him to Pittsburgh made him the buck and he was fantastic Jannard Avery fits that kind of Vince Williams buck position, but he also fits another spot. If you remember Kyle Van Noy from New England, who followed Brian Flores to Miami, he was an inside slash outside linebacker, played both roles. He wasn't really an edge rusher, but he lined up on both on the edge and as an inside linebacker, blitzed a lot, did a lot of different things for Brian Flores. Jannard Avery fits that kind of profile. So he could be an outside linebacker who also plays inside. He, he could do both. He could just be an inside linebacker. The Steelers could see him as an outside linebacker. I think if the Steelers see him as like their number three outside linebacker or even in a rotation with Tuska, like Tuska and, and uh, Charlton both play decent snaps. If he, they do something like that, I, I don't think it's going to work as well for him. I'm hopeful that Jannard Avery is here to kind of fill a Brian Flores role where he can be uh, a depth piece that rotates in a decent bit and does some creative things, especially blitzing and run-stopping from like the buck alignment. We'll see how that works. We'll see how they play him. We'll see what they do with him. But, but that's an interesting side there. With that comes part of my concern with the Steelers' outside linebacker group. 
If you've got Derek Tuska, who's a rotational piece, but not really a number three outside linebacker, you don't want him playing a lot. You know, you don't want him playing like 25% of snaps or more. You don't want him doing that. And the guy behind him is Denard Avery, who's not really an edge rusher. Then you don't have much depth at edge rusher, especially at outside linebacker. You don't have much outside linebacker depth here. I know people are saying we could put DeMarvin Leal out in a 4-3. They do that sometimes where they put Cameron Hayward outside. But that's situational, and it's more responsive to what the offense is doing. I'm talking about a guy who can just come in for T.J. Watt, come in for Alex Highsmith, and play snaps. Behind Derek, Tusa, behind Derek Tuska, behind Denard Avery, the Steelers have recently reacquired Tuzar Skipper who absolutely dominated the bottom of the depth chart preseason games when it was, you know, late in the preseason game, when it was the third string guys in there, not NFL backups, but, you know, guys trying to, on the bubble, trying to get into the NFL. Derek uh, Tuzar Skipper was dominant. He just flat out dominated uh, the, the kind of, you know, the scrubs, the bottom of the depth chart, bottom of the roster, guys who aren't going to make it in the NFL absolutely dominated them in the preseason. Steelers end up cutting him. He goes to the New York Giants. He gets half a sack in his first season there. Doesn't really do anything else. He's been in the league a couple of years. Hasn't really done anything. Now he's back with the Steelers. They bring him back in a year where they don't really have outside linebacker depth. And it's going to be interesting to see if Tuzar Skipper can take that step and become, like, maybe their number four edge rusher. Maybe that Taco Charlton role where he doesn't have to drop off the line. He can just play on the line of scrimmage. Can he step up and be that guy? This is as good a chance as he's ever had and is going to get to play that role. It's going to be interesting to see if he can step up and do it. Behind him, the Steelers brought in uh, undrafted free agent Tyree Johnson. Tyree Johnson played with DeMarvin Leal in college. He was a productive pass rusher. Didn't project well to the NFL, mostly because didn't have elite, didn't have high-end production. He's a bit small for defensive end. He's a bit small for outside linebacker. He's not a big guy. Watching his film, he has a really natural sense of using his hands. Uh, using how he frames his body, like getting his shoulders, how he how he rotates his shoulders and hips and everything, shows a really good sense of that nature of physicality. Does he have much pass rush moves? Not really. Mostly, it's just understanding leverage and and you know a natural feel for the game, not polish as a pass rusher. He also did a really good job playing off of Demarvin Leal. When we talked on, uh, we brought someone in to talk about him on our show, my show, other show that I co-host was Shannon White on Wednesday nights, the uh, curtain call. We've been going through the different Steeler draft picks, and when we got to Demarvin Leal, we talked about uh, him. We talked about Tyree Johnson, and one of the things the guy we talked to stated was that Demarvin Leal was very unselfish and did a lot of things to set up his teammates to get numbers and get stats and make plays. Tyree Johnson benefited from that. Can Tyree Johnson step up and take that spot? I mean, we're, we're talking about 
guys who are kind of bottom of the depth chart guys aren't you know practice squad players that could be bottom of the NFL roster guys having a shot here to maybe be the number four outside linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is where we are. If you can get my drift here, I don't think the Steelers' depth at outside linebacker is very good. We've got great play in T.J. Watt. We've got a great compliment to T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. We've got a good backup outside linebacker in Derek Tuska, but we don't have a good number three, a real number three who can come in and provide the Steelers with a legitimate threat to the offense while they're in there. The bottom two guys on the outside linebacker depth chart, Delonte Scott, uh, he he was a he was a strong athletic player. Like he was he was strong. He had a good first step. Showed strength in college. He was just slow on all of his reactions. Edge rusher wherever he played. He he mostly played edge rusher. He has stuck around on the practice squad for the Steelers, uh, and they've brought him. They're they're keeping him on. We'll see if he can stay there. But it always means something when someone can stick around. That means you know they've got the right attitude. They got the right worth work ethic. They're learning the defense. They're able to go into practice and make a contribution to the team if the team's not looking for something more, right, at that at that kind of role, that scout team practice squad role. Behind him, there's T.D. Moultrie. Moultrie. Uh, he was a buck linebacker for Auburn, then moved to edge his final season. To me, that's a camp body, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Who knows? Those guys. If you're on the, if you're in practice, if you're in training camp, you've got a shot, right? If you've got in training camp, you have a shot to make something to to pursue your NFL dream. He's still here. He's still around. These guys have a shot. But there's a big question mark behind T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. There's a number of players with a small chance to step up. Obviously, we could see Jannard Avery take that spot. If worse comes to worse, he'll be a solid enough run defender. He can drop into coverage. He can give you some pass rush. But he's not the guy you want. You know, in there playing significant snaps. Two's our skip. To Derek Tuska isn't the guy you want in there taking too many snaps. He's a very solid backup outside linebacker. But not the guy you want coming in and playing too much. Two's our skipper. Could he step up and be that guy? These are lots of question marks, lots of possibilities, but none, no really good answers to the question of who backs up T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. We'll see. The Steelers have some money cleared up in their cap. We'll see if they go after somebody. We'll see if this is just a, if they, you know, look to grab someone off someone else's depth chart when they start cutting players at the end of camp. We'll see what happens here. But one of the question marks on the defense that I look at and I think needs to be addressed is the outside linebacker depth. That's my show for today. Thank you for listening. Hope you all have a great week. And as always, let's go Steelers. Hello. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.